There you go. Yeah, I knew you were there. Well, good old 2019 is winding down. And uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. We are going to celebrate Christmas Eve service this coming Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night, starting at 7. So plan to be here, please. Uh, it's going to be a fun time, very meaningful time. And uh, Sandy and Ryan have a lot planned. And uh, Kayla is going to sing uh, uh, solo. Ryan's going to play the guitar. Do you play any instruments? Yeah, neither, neither I, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it will be a very good time. We, we, we have a very significant Christmas Eve service. I think it's very nice, very moving, and uh, invite you to bring your friends. It would be a good time to have people get to know our church and our, our individuals here. So plan to be here. It is, it's, uh, it's the time when we really think about what Christmas is about. So please plan to be here. If you have not brought your mittens or your hats for the Christmas tree, please don't stop. You can bring them next week. I don't think uh, Bill's going to take them quickly to uh, Harrisburg. To, I think they go up to Bethesda, don't they? Yeah, I think they go up to bit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Brethren Housing takes them, and if they have excess, then they send them over to Bethesda. So that was one thing I found out, just a little sidelight. I donated some, some turkeys to uh, Lebanon Rescue Mission, and they explained to me if they have excess food, like with, tur with the turkeys I delivered, they'll donate them to the county prison which I thought was interesting because the county prison, uh, they, they used to take, <laughs> because I'm a butcher, I know this, they used to take roadkill deer and process them and use them for food at the pit prisons, but now they determined that the prisoners are too special and they don't want them to have anything that's roadkill. So I thought it was interesting that they would Anything left over from rescue mission, they would send over to the, to the prison. So, but at, at least it gets used, and that's good. That's good. We have an Advent reading today, and uh, looks like Tina and Doug are getting up. I would imagine they're the ones doing it. Good morning. This is the fourth Sunday of Advent. First, I will be reading from Revelation chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I will also be reading from Luke chapter 12, verse 35 through 40. Be dressed, ready to serve, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Invite. The Lord is knocking. Ask him in. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we have lit a fourth candle on our Advent wreath. This fourth candle, which is pink, reminds us that it is the last Sunday before Christmas. Christmas is now just a few days away. We are on the doorstep of Christmas, but the Lord Jesus, who we are celebrating, is on our doorstep. He is a perfect gentleman. He will not break down the door, but stand patiently and knock. He continues to knock until he is invited in. It is really important for you to know this. You must open the door to your heart and your life and invite him in. Until then, he will patiently knock and wait for you to invite him in. The Lord Jesus will not come where he is not wanted. In Bethlehem, there was no room in the inn. He was born only where there was room for him. How about you? Is there room in your life for Jesus? Is there room in your home? Is there room in your heart's affection? Be careful of what you give your heart to, because you may not be leaving any room for him. You must make room. You must give him room. His desire is to come in and free our lives from the sin that tears us apart and makes us a mess. <clears throat> we need him, not just near us. We need him in our hearts every day, all the time. So the question remains, do you hear him knocking? Do you hear his voice? Do you know he is waiting? Will you make room for him? Invite him. The Lord is knocking. Ask him in. Let us pray. Lord and merciful Lord, thank you for being our Savior. So passionate is your heart for us. You willingly died in our place on the cross for our sins to redeem us and reconcile us to the Father. Forgive us our sins and lead us in the way everlasting. Come into our hearts, dwell in us by faith, we invite you. Confirm your presence by the witness of the Holy Spirit that we indeed are children of God. Remind us by your Holy Spirit that you are almighty and your plan of salvation is worldwide. May your kingdom come and may your will be done throughout the whole earth. 
just as your will is done in heaven. Help us to see Christmas as a great reminder that you were born to be the eternal king of the eternal kingdom. We pray this in the, in the name of that eternal king born so many years ago, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The refrain of the Christmas carol, Thou Just Leave Thy Throne, says, O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. Let us all sing together hymn number 127. Please. We're going to turn to you if you have any updates. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, on our prayer guide, we have... Um, Alex Hetrick, who has been on for quite some time. He was in rehab at Hershey. He had that terrible car accident with very serious injuries, had many, many injuries. He is now at home, which is a great praise. So we're going to put him up there. By next week, we'll see him up on praises. So that is a wonderful praise. And even this time of the year, we are praising a special praise for the birth of the Lord, of course, but it's just a special praise in healing. And I have a new person, uh, Gloria Bechtel, who is uh, ex-sister-in-law and, and friend of Karen Bechtel. And she was just diagnosed with uterine cancer. So we just put her on special prayer today. Uh, Karen just gave me that this morning. And I, I have a great praise. It was just wonderful to be with our whole immediate family yesterday. We celebrated our Christmas a little early. And we had a great time at our house. It's just always wonderful. It's all about just having the family and being there. You know, oh, sure, we were eating and laughing and playing games and things, but, oh, my, when you see the family, it's just wonderful. And I, I just wish that with all the families, you know. It's, it's a great praise. And I just praise the Lord. We're praising the Lord for so many things right now. I mean, the birth of Jesus, and it, it's just a great time. Happy and joyful. Absolutely. Karen and I are hoping to uh, make a trip in late April. Is that right? Late April? Middle of April uh, to Nigeria. Uh, we have some friends over there. Um, again, traveling on, a, on this mission trip with Alex, Sable, Alex and Arilla Sable, uh, from the Lancaster congregation, the Hispanic uh, group in that congregation. But there is a hitch. Uh, we were going with Jay Whitmire, uh, who uh, had an office uh, in Elgin. Um, and Alex was actually, as I understand it, looking to Jay to do all the arrangements and everything well, this week we got notice via the internet that uh, Jay Whitmire is, he's out of there. <laughs> uh, very, very suddenly resigned and is on to other things. Uh, so I haven't talked to, to Alex yet to find out how does this affect our trip, if at all, or 
will, will Alex then make all the arrangements? Hmm. Uh, so anyway, that's it. we just need prayer regarding our trip. We were uh, sincerely hoping to get over there. Um, the other thing, some of you have heard uh, that White Oak Congregation uh, was uh, uh, departing from the Church of the Brethren. That has happened. They, they took a vote, and uh, as a congregation, White Oak is no longer a part of the Church of the Brethren. One, one of the larger uh, congregations in the denomination. Um, just sort of, uh, you know, praying for district people and uh, how they respond to this kind of thing going on. Uh, I, back when this started, I go, yeah, this is like dominoes. And uh, don't be, be surprised if there's a number more. Um, I, back channels, I know. <laughs> I know more than I should, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so continue to pray for our district. Yeah. Anyone? There. Helen, let me get back there, dear. It's good to see you. I had my lung fluid taken out of my lung again and I had it done like four weeks ago and uh, they didn't take it all and so I had to have their procedure redone and both times um, I don't know what went wrong but it came out like the color of beef blood and so I asked him you know how why is it that color and he said, well, it's kind of like food coloring. A little drop goes a long way. And I said, yeah, but this is my food coloring. You know, <laughs> I want to know how much is really in there. And he said, well, it's got to go to the lab and be tested and all that. But anyway, I don't know how much of my food coloring was in that container. <laughs> but uh, I guess I'll find out later. Feeling better? Yeah, I'm breathing better. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Anyone else? Charlie, it's good to see you here. Yeah, yeah. Helen or Eleanor, excuse me. I talked to Beth her on Saturday morning, and Ruth Ann was moved to Masonic Village Friday night. She was going to have supper at the med center, and then they were going to take her in. Okay. So what's the plan from there? Okay. Okay. So she's basically in rehab there, yeah, for, for about 20 days. Okay. Anyone else? Walter, can you give us an update on Peter? Would you be willing to do that? Okay, he's out of intensive care. Okay, but he's basically holding his own for the for the time being. Okay, all right. Well, we'll keep Peter in our prayers as we go forward. Anyone else? Okay. Today, the the uh, 
22nd of December, we're playing, praying for Coventry uh, Church of the Brethren, which is over in Pottstown. People from Pottstown are, are uh, no, we won't go there. And, and Spring Creek is praying for us, just down the road here a little bit. So, uh, we'll, and that's where uh, Pete Contra ministered there for some years. And now he's our district executive, so uh, we're going to be prayed by them. And we're going to pray for Coventry. So, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names. Mark Moodler. Mark Moodler is the pastor at Coventry. So we'll pray for Mark and, and his group. Okay, let's come together with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this season of the year. Thank you for the, the joys and the, and the happiness that we experience when we think of your son coming into the world. And whether this is the actual time of the year, we, we are not sure. But we set this aside. And we pray and we celebrate and we receive joyous celebrations for the coming of our King, Jesus Christ. What a great time. And if we really think about it and we separate all the gift giving that we do and all the, all the uh, visitations and just concentrate on what you have done, we realize that you have given us the greatest gift the gift of your Son, our Savior. Even though it's that time of the year, Lord, we still have some concerns, as you have heard, and as you know, without our even saying. Thank you for those that have been healed. Thank you for tests that have gone better. Thank you for Helen and her, uh, her improvement. We also pray for Peter as he's going through a tough time, Lord. Please bless him and, and uplift Walter as he has to deal with that situation. Lord, thank you so much for the care that you give us. Thank you for not only the care that you give this congregation, but also the care that you give other congregations. We specifically think of Coventry. We pray for Pastor Mark and his group. His leadership is, is important to that congregation. Lift them up, Lord. Give them strength. Let them know that we are praying for them, that we are concerned about their well-being because we know that all sorts of things can come against the people of God. But we have hope. We have your son. And we know that who can be against us when God is for us? It's a wonderful thing. Thank you, Lord. Our Lord, bless this congregation also. Bless our pastors, bless our families, bless our congregation. Give us hope, give us tight nip, tight nip, knit, sorry, tight nip. Just, I lost my words, but you know what I'm saying. Thank you so much. We are a loving congregation. Keep us tight. Keep us in everyone's fellowship. Thank you, Lord. And we pray this in your son's holy name, Jesus Christ, the one we celebrate 
in this week, in this month, and we celebrate all year long. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Sorry about that, folks. congregation that we were praying for this morning back um, before 1980 had 70 voices in their choir and they had a guy up in the balcony with a one of these big big rig uh, tape recording machines he would record the choir and everything every Sunday and then he would go home and he would splice it and then put it on the radio. And uh, so when I show up, we got maybe 12 in the choir, you know. And, and, and huh? Well, that's right. Till some of them, a bunch of them died off. We had a man from Brazil that was the accompanist and actually could speak English pretty well, but he, 
by now he has a couple PhDs in music and whatever, you know. Oh yeah, how did Coventry get him? I don't know. Karen and I are good friends with him and we need to go down to Philadelphia and take him out to lunch sometime. Anyway, most of these singers in the choir, when we, so this is about the year 2000. There was probably 20 or 25 before they started dying. Anyway, Savagno said, you know, it sounds like a bag of cats. That was his professional music evaluation of the choir. Sounds like a bag of cats. <laughs> I go, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> and I told him, you might not go telling everybody that. But I know what you're talking, I mean, you know, the warble voice thing and whatever, you know, that, that some of them are really into that. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, we have seen a lot of things. Well, how you doing? Just a couple days before Christmas here, folks. And uh, praise God for uh, his goodness to us and and... I, you know, I don't remember. So we, we missed a Sunday. We missed a Sunday back there with the snow and ice thing. And I don't remember what I did and did not say. I knew I had things planned to say. You know, and that day that, that we had the ice was my, I think my 47th spiritual birthday. December the 1st was when I accepted Christ as my Savior. Did I say that? No, you didn't explain that. Anyway, so I have a tender spot in my heart for the Advent season because it's the season in which I receive Christ as my Savior. And so, uh, you know, uh, it's like, like the... the uh, I spent about three hours doing the cover to the to the uh, Christmas Eve service bulletin. About three hours doing that, all right? Well, anybody in his right mind wouldn't spend three hours on that, but I did because, yeah, it's in my heart, all right? And you you need to give give yourself to where whatever's in your heart, it's going to come out. It's going to come out in what you say, and it's going to come out in what you do, all right? And that goes that goes for this group that was up here singing, you know, hallelujah. And, uh, yeah, there, so I have a joy in that. I have a joy in Christmas songs. I got how many boxes of music? I think I got three boxes, three or four boxes of just Christmas music, you know. I got more than my share of Christmas music. And some other things. All right, well, we're not going to go there. I'd like for us to begin in the Old Testament, in addition to uh, the passages that have already been read. I'd like to go to uh, Malachi. Right, you go to Matthew and go, go, go left one book. Matthew, Malachi. Malachi, just one verse there, but I want you to make sure you see it. 
uh, because then we're going to go to the New Testament and we're going to read at least an aspect of the fulfillment of that verse uh, in Luke chapter 2. So uh, let's read that one, just one verse there, Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. And uh, this is a prophetic word from the Lord regarding the coming of Messiah. And we know uh, his name, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Um, but they didn't know that when this was originally written. It says, Behold, I send my messenger. And he, that's, who's that? That's John the Baptist. Will prepare the way before me. Who's the me? That's the Lord Jesus. Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus the Messiah. And the Lord whom you seek. In, in Jesus' day, there were people looking for the Messiah. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly, you know, he's not there, and then all of a sudden he's there. Let's go to Luke, Gospel of Luke, and chapter 2. And a lot of times these uh, verses here in uh, the latter part of chapter 2. Now, when we get to Christmas Eve, we will, we will uh, uh, we'll we rehearse. We're going to do a tableau, which, uh, we're, which is what? A tableau is when you got characters acting the part, but the actors don't say anything. There's a narrator, and the narrator tells the story. And so there will be a narrator reading the Bible story and having, yeah, well, you just have to come and see who, who the characters are, all right? And uh, uh, so we'll do the, the whole Christmas story um, Tuesday evening, but today I want to go a little bit past that story. And uh, this is a story. This is Luke chapter 2. And uh, what do I got marked there? Starting with verse 21. Luke 2, 21. And this is after the birth of Jesus. But I want you to see, where, where is this? This is in Jerusalem. And when, when a child is born, and if you're anywhere close to Jerusalem, on the eighth day, you present that child, you know, if it's a boy, you present that child unto the Lord in the temple with an offering. And, um, and so e either two turtle doves or uh, some kind of offering, um, and... Uh, and, and you name the child. That's a point at which uh, Joseph would have given the name Yeshua, Jesus. By the time you go from Hebrew over through Greek and Latin and all the other languages to get down to English, we end up with Jesus. There's 
I heard it recently explained how, how we end up calling Yeshua Jesus. And it, it's sort of a fact, but that's not the message this morning. Let's read this uh, from uh, verse 21 about Jesus. Uh, and where are they bringing him? They're bringing him to the temple. When the eight, eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, that's on the eighth day, his name was called Jesus, the name which was given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses was completed, they brought him, that's Jesus as a, as a child, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord and as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And that would have been stated when, when Mary and Joseph came in with, with the baby. All right. It would have been verbally stated that, that this child is holy to the Lord. And an offering... Uh, uh, and offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law, a pair of turtle doves or uh, two young pigeons, a couple of birds. And they would have, it would have been a burnt offering on the altar, uh, this huge altar. Uh, they would have been burnt as uh, an acknowledgement unto the Lord that this child is holy. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So, so there he is. He's in Jerusalem. He, this is somebody that wants the Lord to come. Lord, come and straighten things out and bring peace and bring comfort and oh God help us that's what that's implied there and as he is in this mind the Holy Spirit is upon him alright and uh, uh, that, just to say that that is a specific experience and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ or the Lord's Messiah. That word Christ uh, is from the Latin and it's the same thing as Mashiach or Messiah uh, from the Hebrew. All right, same word, it means the anointed one. And so he was, he had been, he, he perceived that he had a promise from God that he would not die till he had seen the Messiah. Here he is. And the Holy Spirit, by the way, what does the Holy Spirit do? One of the things the Holy Spirit does, it gives you the ability to have insight into situations and to have wisdom. But, by the way, what is wisdom? I said this a couple years ago. I'm still testing this. So you test it too. You, you help me test this. 
Biblical wisdom is the understanding that the love of God is the law of life. In other words, God seeks to bring fullness and fulfillment because of his love, and that is the law of life. Now, chew on that one for a while. If you don't even remember anything else from the rest of the sermon, just remember that. Well, that's all right. I, I, can, I can get by with that. Well, so here's Simeon. And verse 27 says, He came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in... So where is he? He's in the temple. He's not there, and then all of a sudden, here they are. <laughs> what did Malachi say? Suddenly. You know, it sounds like in Malachi that it's, that it's uh, a fully grown Messiah. No, no, this Messiah, he, start, he suddenly came to the temple as a baby. Here he is. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, that's uh, uh, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For mine eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory, the glory of your people Israel. By the way, the people of Israel, to this very day, the role Israel has is what? To bear, and you can find this a number of places through the Old Testament, to bear the glory of God. All that it is the glory of God, the people of Israel. You know, so these people to get out into anti-Semitism, want to kill the Jews. Yeah, what are they trying to do? They're trying to kill the glory of God. That's what they're trying to do. And they are against the Lord. And, and I don't care if they're politicians or rulers or who they are. And, I, and I've had people... Uh, that I would regularly preach to, tell me all they hated the Jews. Come on. There is, that, there is a wickedness in that. And the, the, the gospel, the revelation is to the Gentiles through the Jewish people. And yes, in Romans, Romans 9, 10, and 11, talks about how the, the Jewish people they, they get sidetracked, but Paul says, Paul loved his, his fellow Jewish countrymen so much that if, if he was willing to die for them, it, if it would help bring them to the knowledge of, of the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, see. And we need to have that same frame of mind. The gospel is to the Jew first, and then to the Gentile. And um, I praise God for the, the Jewish people that I have known over the years that believed in Jesus as the Messiah. Hallelujah for those people. And I pray for them. 
you know, and we need to pray for Israel, all right? And, and, and that's tied up in this. But listen, so, so was, uh, was Simeon expecting something? Are you expecting something? Are you anticipating something? Are you looking for something? You know, little kids, what are little kids this time of year looking for? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, our kids were sneaks and they would try to find out what's in the, in the packages, you know. Did she, did she unwrap the packages and rewrap them? Jesse did it too. It ruined one Christmas for him, so he never did it again. <laughs> they may have, you know, they they did all this stuff, and we they thought we didn't know anything about any of it. Well, you know, <laughs> there needs to be an anticipation and expectation and a. You know, th this whole thing of, uh, of the guy in the red and white suit, you know, with the big belly and uh, sits there and ho, 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 all that, you know. They're, they're trying to knock off really what the core of the gospel is the anticipation, not waiting for this guy to come down the chimney. You know, they, they're trying to remold and remake God. By the way, <laughs> when, I, when I got up a little after 5.30 this morning, I was in the back. How did I get into that this morning, Karen? I got ranting. Did you ever hear me rant? Yes, yes, she's heard me rant. But I got into this thing about when I was a kid, how much trouble as a kid. I'm talking about 8, 9, and 10 years old I got in trouble for Christmas. I was in trouble. I would, my, my Aunt Lorraine and my Aunt Mardell were just hopping mad, not, not just you know, at my family, but me in specific. What was I doing? This is, I'm still doing it. I was in big trouble. They, they sort of said that I was a troublemaker on the district board, you know. I really don't care. Listen, there's an aspect in the gospel where you don't worry a whole lot about what people say about you. I don't want people to say bad things about me, neither do you. But if it happens, it happens. And as an eight and nine and 10 year old, here what I, here's what I was doing. My dad was a Mennonite. And as a Mennonite, Santa Claus was off the list and you told your children, you told your children what? The truth. <laughs> Be careful. You might have, yeah, some, some of those back there in the back row might not know about this. Huh? Yeah, well, anyway, so I was telling all my cousins the truth. No Easter Bunny, no Tooth Fairy, you know, all that, you know, and including, yeah. 
I was in big trouble. I'd still get in trouble for this. But I go, no, you know what? You have to focus on the, th- uh, on the eternal verities, on the things that have to do with eternity. And when it comes to inviting, do we, have, do we have an aspiration that someday, listen, someday I, I have an aspiration that I would be invited into heaven. Do you want to be invited into heaven? Do you? There's some, there's a false doctrine out there that, oh, everybody's going to make it. Even the cats and dogs are going to go to heaven. No. Not everybody. They have Santa Claus eyesed God. And say, oh, you know, it's anybody. But you know, even Santa Claus puts coal in their so- in their socks. You don't say, you know, isn't this interesting? They want to make they want to make God out to be someone that he's not. Hey, all right. Put a marker there. Go back to the very. You know what's in the last book of the last. The last book of the Bible in the last chapter. Do you know how it ends? Go to Revelation chapter 22. Not everybody is in the city. Not every, there are those that are invited in and those that are uninvited. They're not in there. They're not invited. Do you want to be invited? Look, you know, we're, we're halfway through chapter 22, verse 14. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates of the city. Come on in. Come on in. But outside... Now, there's those that are inside, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. They're on the outside. They're not invited. Lord, I want to be invited. Let's read a little bit more, because this is good. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you that these, uh, these things in the churches, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. That's the invitation. And let everyone who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, Come, and whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Now, on the front of the bulletin is that off this time of the year is is an off quoted verse 
For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Handel put it in his, his Messiah, uh, his oratorio, that verse. Wonder, I love to hear that song. Did you notice the phrase, Everlasting Father? There is a desire in you for something. And Ecclesiastes says this. Boy, am I getting a bunch of verses and I don't have time for it all. There's a, a verse in Ecclesiastes that talks about how God has put eternity into the human heart. Eternity. Everlasting father. There, you know, it, I heard someone talk about, I don't even remember who it was. You know, I had the radio on and but he got into this thing about the everlasting father. Do you know what is behind that in the Hebrew? This is the father, the one, this child that's born is the father of eternity. You can, you can translate it that way. He, he is the father of eternity. This is the one who comes up with eternity. This is the one, because of who he is, he makes what was not eternity into eternity. And he places that, where? In the human heart. And I want to be invited in, folks, into the eternity that he is the father of. Wow. And that's why it's important to say this one that was born in the manger is the same one who was in that tomb and on the third day he was no longer in the tomb and so he, he had two births. So are you, you born again? When was Jesus born again? He was born again out of that tomb. The Bible says he was the firstborn from the dead. He was born from the dead. And he created, by coming out of that tomb, he created eternal life. He created for, for the human heart, eternity. Thank you, Lord. Can you see that? Words almost fail me on this one. And Lord, I want to be invited in. But there... There has to be an expectation just like Simeon expected something to happen. If, you're, if, if he's unexpected, yeah, well, probably you're going to miss it. But you know he's coming back, right? Are you expecting him? This ought to be just like Christmas morning and the kids, their eyes are that big and you know, what, what did I, you know, unless they, they have, un, when people weren't around, they unracked the gifts to see what was in there and then rewrapped it. That's what, that's what we think happened in our home. Yeah, well, then they already knew. and you, Well, what a big letdown, you know, because they already knew. But this, I'll tell you, when he comes, it's, it's going to be way better than Christmas. You know that? When Jesus comes back, and there's an expectation in your heart and my heart. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. 
And all that we have anticipated and have held there for years and years and years and years, yeah, it's going to be better than what we think. And you don't want to miss it. All right, then now there's another player in this story. Let's see what happens to her. Let's go back to uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. There's Simeon and who else? Uh, well, let's finish the story with, uh, with Simeon. Uh, verse 33, Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yes, a sword shall pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And that's about what Jesus is going to do as a sacrifice for sin. Now, verse 36, there was one Anna, a prophetess, a daughter of Phineal, the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age. That's, that's like some people I know. If you're up there toward 100, okay. <laughs> Yeah, all right. It still happens. And had lived with a husband uh, seven years from her, virgin, uh, from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple. So there she is, just, just like it says in Malachi, suddenly comes to the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. So there she, there's Anna. They probably, there was a few of them probably in there thought she was a little cuckoo. But, but she had, hey, if it's your relationship with the Lord, let them call you cuckoo. I don't care. You know, well, I, so you get in trouble. So my, my aunts were mad at me. Oh, that's just the way it is. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for the redemption of, of Jerusalem. So when they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee and to their own city. And the child, that's Jesus, grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, is that the love of God being the law of life? And the grace of God was upon him. Now this lady, night and day, for the, the vast majority of her life, yeah, she was looking, she was expecting, and she sees it. <laughs> she sees it. Now you know what the Lord does. He said, if you want to be invited, guess what? Then you've got to invite me. I sort of wanted the Lord in my life, but for many years, until that December 1st, for many years, I sort of played games with God.
does sin get rooted in us? The dentist isn't here. Pastor Ryan is not feeling well, and I'm hoping he's okay by, by Tuesday evening for the message. So she's my new dentist, all right. I haven't, she hasn't done anything to me yet. But let me tell you about, did I, have I told you about my the dental experience? How does, how does, how does a tooth get so rooted in the jaw? I passed out three times, so I get these wisdom teeth. It has nothing to do with the other kind of wisdom. And, you know, my, the side of my face is way out, you know. I, well, not that far, but, you know, impacted. And, and those, the wisdom teeth have to come out, you know. And, and so they're in there. I think they used a jackhammer. I think they used hammer and chisel. Uh, they used these wire cutter type things to get in there crunching it, and I, I pass out three times in the process. Now here's the thing, with, I'm comparing that, you know, and why was it so hard to get those teeth out of there? Because they were rooted down here in the, 